Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sheep Dip. My name is Paul Warriner. I'm an associate trainer with Raising the Bar. I'm here with Chris again, um, founding director of Raising the Bar. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing very well indeed. Chris, we've been running a series of podcasts which you've been shedding lots of light on and giving us lots of insight into raising the bar's activities. And this episode, I want to cover off a, a little topic called conflict. I want to chat about the impact of conflict within a team and your observations from the activities that we do. Once again, just for those people catching up, maybe for the first time, raising the bar is a team building company with a difference, I might say. And our objective is to get sheep from point A to point B point B being a pen, and have a team work together to get the sheep from one end of a field to another. Roughly speaking, that's what we do, and there's so much goes on in between. You could be here all day. But Chris, I want to talk to you about conflict. Have you ever witnessed any conflict between team members, people out, out on the event during the day, during the exercise? The short answer is yes. Stand up, face-to-face, inches away from each other, arguing the point or arguing why things are not happening and it naturally is when you are committed to a task 100% it's annoying when somebody comes along and scuppers it or doesn't do what they think they should do okay so we've seen toe-to-toe activity um but on completely the opposite end of that particular spectrum conflict doesn't necessarily have to be outnight fighting and arguing it, it has uh, many geysers i guess in the field where we are but also in the workplace where our work gets carried back to so what's the impact of conflict so let's face, say for example somebody just doesn't want to play they're grumpy they think this is silly it's beneath them and they're just not going to participate now i guess you've seen that too oh very much so i, I think it's very interesting how the group deals with that they either choose to segregate that person and go, right, well, we're just having nothing to do with it. Or that person tries to influence people around him to go, oh, come and be sulky with me. And you have those two extremes. Like you either go, okay, we're not going to play that game. He or she infects the rest of the team to go, actually, I want other people to feel this is a waste of time and everything else like that. Invariably, what happens is actually the rest of the team are committed to it. And they reluctantly come in and actually they end up celebrating the most because what they feel is that they came from so far a disconnect and actually realising it's actually quite a difficult task. And if they don't play with the team, then they hold all the keys because the team won't get the sheep in the pen. And I guess what you're saying is that you know, that inclusion takes uh, a lot of energy from the team to bring people back in who are so committed to not joining in. But of course, once they get involved, they, they, as you say, they really get into it and celebrate quite a lot. And, and I guess by the end of that, really grateful that they made the effort, that the team had the patience and persistence to draw them in. But in those early stages of that particular scenario, what's the impact on the team? You say, you know, they, they sometimes just ignore them and let them get on with it. but what impact can it have on the team dynamics when one, maybe one or two people don't want to play? Well, they draw a lot of energy from the group. They 
you see yeah. the energy when they go out to the field they're excited invariably they're happy to get on with it they discuss a few ideas and they normally try the command and control scenario of communication and so therefore some people will be on the left some people will be on the right of the sheep and they all walk up aiming for the pen the trouble is the more reluctant person will be a little bit slower than the rest of the team which invariably will cause a gap or a weakness which the sheep will naturally exploit as you can imagine they're just walking up towards the sheep the person who's less involved less enthusiastic will walk that fraction slower than everybody else and that is really important but the command and control if you have one shepherd because most people go oh there's one shepherd and dogs and they go oh well it's always the shepherd who is in control giving the orders etc etc but actually they have to get to another stage which is where everybody is in control the dog sits down in the right place to be under control of the sheep and so therefore it's about empowering the dog to be in the right place at the right time so conflict i mean normally we generally probably think about it as um, you know people having arguments and just disagreements but you know exclusion is possibly a a conflict and conflict comes in many shapes and sizes you know people may just not be you know, having a bad day and just not want to get you know be bothered but the impact i hear you saying is that the, the whole team suffers and the objectives are, are much harder to reach when not everybody is on the same page and putting that all into the exercise is that right very much so i mean but the thing is that at that early stages when they're trying to formulate a plan the important thing is that everybody puts in their 10 pence worth. There's no such thing as a bad idea, but they all have to be discussed and given weight to. Even if you say, let's take them to the moon and back, it still wants to be discussed mm-hmm. before we yeah. put them in the pen, because that silly idea might lead on to something else. Yeah. In, in earlier episodes of... Uh these podcasts uh, sheep that we've discussed communications we've discussed planning and we've discussed leadership styles but all of those have an influence on potentially conflict resolution which is what we're about but even i mean i think people would understand that a conflict within an office environment or a workplace environment is going to have some kind of impact and often they'll just ignore it or it will get ignored managers leaders will just say oh you know just get on with it not everybody it's like that of course but that often happens sometimes in the office environment you don't see how impactful that kind of approach is but in the field when you're trying to move sheep from point a to point b and everybody's role is vital because there is part to play for everybody in achieving this goal you do see it and it does play out and it's amplified and magnified and of course those leaders that we have and uh, those that spot it can achieve their task much quicker those that don't it takes so much more energy and of course we just spoke about they will get people involved and i think what we do plays out so well is a mirror of what happens in the office but it's so much more amplified if that's the right grammar in the field how easy is it for somebody to turn somebody around and get them interested get them motivated get them 
energized into the task you know how quickly have you seen that happen where where somebody's not being willing to play sometimes it takes a long time to win them round. it's not just one sentence saying look let's just get the sheep in and we'll be done it's about coaching it's about and giving them tasks that they can do and believe in it is again it is it's just the whole group really believing that they can do it taking it one step at a time because the interesting thing is when they come out the person who's least confident and and possibly slightly disengaged is say i will stand by the gate and close the gate once the sheep are in and and I believe what, what happens is that they can easily see themselves doing that. It's not too much effort to stand at the end of the gate. And when the sheep have gone in the pen, they can close the gate. And often they will simply run off and go and do that job, partly because they can, what they believe is their limitation and they can see that's what's happening. It's not too difficult. And there's almost a bagsy, I've got the gate job. Whereas right. it's a lot harder to be out in the field and having to make those decisions. And what you find is that they, they are the people which need to be drawn away from the gate to empower them in the team to all get the sheep in. Okay. It's really interesting because you're, you're highlighting sometimes the line of least resistance. So it's easy to put the disruptive people or the people who are sulking or grumpy or whatever the phrase may be give them an easy job to do because it gets them out of the way. Yeah. Or it's easy for them to do that because it gets them out of the way and they don't have to get too involved and they don't have to put too much effort in. You're spot on that, Paul. But if the right person is aware of all that, maybe that's where they start and then they bring them back from the gate and into the field. The interesting thing is that when there is a person by the gate, the sheep are less likely to go through it. So uh -huh. by them actually standing by the gate causes the team even more of a challenge to get the sheep in the pen. So there's a there's a, a tactical there that's a specialist piece of information. So by opting out, and if I use that word, opting out for the easy role, it's actually making it harder for the whole team to achieve their objective. Spot on. Yeah, but the reality is that I think we've witnessed this time and time again, these little scenarios play out. And I guess what the exercise is all about is how does that impact the team? How does that affect the performance of the team, the dynamics of the team to take that back to the workplace? But would I be right in saying that it doesn't happen very often. Most people are excited by this particular exercise, aren't they? Most people are, you know, they come out, they're, they're pleased to be out. They assume that it's a bit of fun. A day out from the office, you know, running around a field, hopefully on a nice sunny day. And, you know, they're going, well, what's there not to like? And what they possibly don't appreciate is how tricky and slippery the sheep can be. <laughs> yeah. And I think this little bit, little topic of conflict you know it's just a little nugget of one of the elements of either leadership communications planning awareness all sorts of different things but what's what i've realized in just from the conversation we've just had is that it's a, a little micro element of what's going on in an office environment whether it's communications leadership planning it's just how people resolve conflict how people get through that get people on side 
motivate those people that don't feel too motivated. Give them confidence, build their confidence around certain scenarios, whether it's a task or it's getting them involved, you know, reducing the, the elements of somebody may be incredibly shy and how you cope with that. Um, not everybody is running out like a bull in a china shop, but other people are much more reserved. And how you deal with these little conflicts within the, you know, within the day, they play out in the office. It's yet another fine example of where we observe this. We can bring this to the attention of the delegates and we can do something with this to enable them to sort of recognize it within themselves or within their teams or within their workplace. And what did they do on the day? Well, you know, you just told us some great tips to sort of resolve that conflict and to make the task easier. And as you said, what's the number one task of the day? Just simply to get the sheep in the pan. And you, what you said there was, that is the task. That's the clarity that's needed. With getting everybody to get on side with that and have them involved in that process and build the confidence within the team it needs everybody to do that. It's so much easier to do when the, the personalities are put to one side and the task takes the lead, isn't it? Very much so. But uh, Paul, I've got to say that if I've had a pound for every time I've gone up to somebody, you know, who's slightly isolated, who's not sure what's happening, you know, what's happening here, they go, well, this is exactly what happens in the office. So much so that the interesting part is, is the people who we had a football club out and they tackled it the same way as if they you had a what? Who, a who came out? Foot, football team. Uh, and they tackled it. Is that a pun? <laughs> yes. They tackled it exactly the same way as they would attack a, a match. So they would have their forwards, their, the middles and the defenders, and they, they split the group up exactly the same way. The oh. interesting thing is we had an athletic uh, company out and they, until there was a time limit, they were just quite happy running around the field and just sort of collecting information. But as soon as you said there was 10 minutes left, then they suddenly, like a flick of a switch, happened and they all got suddenly focused and they got the sheep in the pen. And you're just going, interesting, those are just two examples of how people naturally work or have been trained to work. Now, if you wanted to change that culture, you could start with going, identifying what were the trigger factors. Yeah, how they do something is maybe how they do everything. You've heard that many times before. And yes, indeed. And of course, that becomes so obvious in a new environment like a field with the exercise that we're doing. And I think that's one of the key learnings is that um, it may seem fun, the adventure zone, playful and all those sort of things. But boy, is it instructive when you look at it through a new set of eyes. How you just described the football team there was fantastic. And uh, I just want to ask you one quick question. Where was the goalie? <laughs> he wasn't was he standing on the gate. Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of people hanging around the gate because they were goal hanging. Yeah, yeah. The defence team were hanging around the gate. It was the forwards had to go off and get the sheep. But then the, the, the middle working of the team used to sort of come in and join in. And the goalie and the two defenders were, were always stuck around the pen. So it does bring a new meaning to the word midfield player, doesn't it? 
definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, it's been, once again, just another great insight into sort of what happens in the workplace is played out in the field when they do a Raising the Bar event. And some of the takeaways that we debrief them on and some of the things that we highlight can be learnt. The lessons can be learnt in the field and we can sort of change things. I think one of the things that we've quietly gone about our business is, you know, we can develop teams in a day, you know, and we can see that inclusion happening and we can see the objectives being reached within the day. And it's encouraging and rewarding from our perspective. And I know that they celebrate it too. But once again, our time has run out on this little podcast. And thank you very much indeed, Chris, um, for all of that insight and all of that knowledge. Thank you for sharing. If you've enjoyed this particular podcast, go back and find some more and listen to them as well. It's Raising the Bar. And if you want to get in touch with us, do so by going on our website, www.raisingthebar.com. And you will find all the information you want there. And we look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks very much indeed, Chris. You're welcome, Paul. Cheers. Bye.